Hey, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties. My name is Sam Prevo, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer Molia. I'm in my dorm room that's significantly less hot than it was uh, last episode, but it is still very hot. So we'll see when that stops. <laughs> uh, I am Ariel Melendez. Um, I have a nice fan. I feel kind of I feel bad for saying that, but I am nice and cool right now. I have a fan. It just doesn't do much. Like it tries its say, best. I, um, I am. You know, we're doing it. We're home from we're home from work. We're doing. We're doing this on a new laptop that apparently wants to keep kicking me out. So that's we're gonna, okay. We're gonna see how this goes. We're doing good. We're doing. We'll really see. Good. We'll see how it goes. We usually deal with any and all technical difficulties pretty well, so I think <laughs> yeah. we'll be okay. We'll be good. Before we dive into the news today, I have a food review. I'm excited. A new food review. Okay, this isn't like anything we've talked about before. So. Yes. Um, if you follow me on social media, you know that I went to Baltimore this past weekend. I went to Maryland. I visited uh, a friend of ours and I went to a Ravens watch party, which also included a performance by my favorite band, All Time Low. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. That's what I'm going to talk about it is that my friend Molly took me to try a Maryland iconic food i don't know i don't know how i've never heard of this before but it's called a snowball okay it's basically like ices but i don't know what makes them different but it was delicious okay and it's and it was ices but i got water um marshmallow on top of it Ooh, that sounds really good yeah it was like strawberry and blue raspberry mixed together with like gummy bears in it and and then marshmallow on top that sounds insanely good. I need one of those now. It was so good. So if you're ever in Maryland, go get a snowball. I've never ever heard of this thing before, but Molly was like, "You have to, you have to try this. It's like a staple in Maryland." And I was like, "I didn't realize that there was a staple in Maryland other than crab yeah. cakes." Because I also got a burger with crab dip on it, which was delicious. Um, but that was my weekend. It was amazing. Uh, I have like videos and stuff on my social media, but. Um, it was a great weekend. So that was my little food review of snowballs. It was delicious. So thank I you, Molly, for taking me for snowballs. I don't know if I have any food to review. I got a Beyond Burger at the dining hall this morning. Actually, I will say I got Chipotle mayo on it, and it was very, very good. And you know, like, college dining hall food can be, like, hit or miss. But this um, Beyond Burger with Chipotle mayo was very yummy. I was a big fan. I haven't eaten a lot of exciting things this week but maybe who knows maybe i'll eat more exciting things i mean the (laughs) as someone who's been to quinnipiac spent four years there i know that the dining hall sometimes leaves a lot to be desired with its its choices it's very hit or miss some days you go and they have like everything and it's like a grocery store and then some days you go and it's like a bucket of bananas and like that's it and you're like whoa The end of the week is rough because, like, things are start to go yeah. out of stock. So you, you're kind of scrounging there. But yeah, the the best days were always pasta bar day and pierogi day. The pasta is the best. That's like the safest option. Like every pasta day, I'm like, I'm like, I can get pasta and everything will be okay. Uh, that is for correct. me, for me, that was chicken nugget Tuesdays. Chicken nugget Tuesdays. Like, if you know, we had chicken nugget Tuesdays, and people would be lined up at the dining hall door. Incredible. For chicken nugget Tuesday. That's amazing. 
that was probably the 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 pinnacle of my and the buffalo chicken flatbreads. Those were pretty. Ooh, I'm not a I'm not a buffalo fan. Oh, I'm spice all the way. I don't. It's not even about the spice. I just don't like that. The only buffalo wings I've ever liked were from Anchor Bar, where they were invented. I had something really spicy the other day, and I don't remember what it was. But I was like, "Oh, this is fine." And then I wasn't fine. Oh, you know what it was? Um, <laughs> we got we got little uh, welcome weekend welcome goodie bags when we got here, um, and the only snacks in there were like fuego takis like the really really uh... spicy ones um and my friends and i were like oh like we don't really like spicy things we're not gonna eat them and then like a week after we got here we were like oh, let's try the takis from the welcome bag oh, and yeah. it was it was not a good experience it's also because they were kind of old so they were like oh like, like i don't stale? know yeah stale i was gonna say bendy stale um yeah um and they were really spicy and i had to drink a lot of water after it because it was uh, scary I, but i survived I tried once before because i was like i like spicy things and i was like nope couldn't do it Ate amazing water, i was like no we're done we're good they're rough i like see my my this is a complete tangent but my spice tolerance like i like the way spicy food tastes it my mouth just physically can't handle it like my mouth like lights on fire and i'm in like physical pain no i know i'm like this is delicious i'm honestly the same like i feel that way about the purple doritos i know we had a dorito discussion last week but the purple doritos are my favorite doritos and i like how they taste like the sweet and spicy like the sweet chili like that's all good but like after you eat them like your mouth is just sad like yeah it's just not it's just not good no, I could eat those Doritos all day, every day. I get tired. My, my mouth gets tired. <laughs> well, I was going to save this part of the discussion for the end as like a little bonus thing, but we can talk about it now since we're talking about food. Okay. Um, so the NHL players are on the media tour right now yeah. because uh, training camp hasn't started yet. It's just prospect and development camp right now. Uh, and like Traverse City and all that stuff. So the, the big boys are doing media tour. And Nathan McKinnon, obviously, is one of the representatives for Colorado. And he was asked about all the memes that we made on Twitter about his diet. Uh, We talked about it. I even tried some chickpea pasta because of it. Um, And so he said that uh, he isn't that crazy about his diet. He's a a normal dude. And that he eats it in and out sometimes. Sometimes. Um, And so Jen had the wonderful idea that we should... what what would Nathan McKinnon's In and Out order look like? Now I don't know if you guys have you guys been to In and Out because I've I been to In and Out. I've yeah. never been. I'm familiar with the In and Out lore, but yeah. I've never okay. been. So I've been. Right. It's amazing. Eleven out of ten. Highly recommend. In the Shake Shack versus In and Out battle, it's tough for me because I like the cheese fries from Shake Shack, but I They're think so In and Out In and Out is the better overall. Sorry, guys, we are uh, having so we had a, a little technical difficulty with Ariel's laptop. So hopefully uh, it's all sorted now. Um, but getting back to the in and out and and the very important in and out and Shake Shack conversation, I, yes. th- I think in and out is more of an experience. Maybe that's because I don't get to go that often. Mm. Um, but when it comes to Nathan McKinnon, clearly in and out is a cheat meal, right? Clearly, this is something that we're not eating all the time. I'm wondering so, if we're going to have the same prediction. Something has to be animal style. I was thinking the burger. 
I was thinking the burgers. Okay, because you can get your fries animal style too, but I think that's too yeah. much. So I think he gets a. He might get a double, a double double. I I could see it. Um, I could see like him getting like a double animal style and then like a big ass thing of fries. Yes. Does he get a shake? I think yes. Okay. What? What? I kind? think yes, but I, I think it would be vanilla, not chocolate. I was thinking the same. thing. <laughs> no, I I was gonna say I definitely think because we know of the chickpea pasta and because we were told he's like a crazy healthy eater, I feel like in and out is where he becomes unhinged. Like, you know how Pokemon like evolve? Like he evolves yeah. from like chickpea pasta Nate McKinnon to like animal style <laughs> double double Nate McKinnon. And he just yeah. like goes insane. I think that would be really funny personally. If he did I feel that. like yeah, like it's just like he like unhinged, like literally unhinges his jaw to like have more room to just like shove precisely. The food in. But yeah, that's my that's my guess. Uh, because I mean, animal style is like the thing at Shake Shack. Yeah. For, I mean, at Shake Shack, at In and Out. For those who don't know, um, it's like they put like extra like the shack sauce, the shack sauce. Why am I so into Shake Shack? The In and Out <laughs> sauce, like their secret sauce or whatever on it, and like it's just smothered in goodness um before we move away from the food section i would like to add that i don't know if shake shack still has it right now but over the summer they were doing a promotion of like hot honey sauce or something and i got the fries that were like the hot honey fries and they changed my life the sauce was way too spicy but the seasoning on the fries themselves like i would buy that seasoning like it was so good so don't know if shake shack still has it but if it does Go get it. Don't eat the sauce. Just eat the fries with this season. That's my plug. I remember. No, I got Shake Shack on the day that I failed my first road test because I was really sad. So I got it and I was like, literally was like crying all morning. And then I tried the sauce and I was like, that just made my day worse. But the fries were yummy. So it's okay. I've had neither, so I cannot add anything of value to this discussion. You have Shake to Shack is Shack. great. Yeah, Shake Shack's great. I don't have, I was like, there. I don't have any of those near me in the slightest. I was just saying to someone, and I can't remember who it was, but I was talking, we were talking about, like, In-N-Out and Shake Shack, and I said that those places I love because, the like, the burger is reasonably sized, and the portion of fries is reasonably sized to the point where I'm not, like, I don't, I always feel bad when I eat out with people because I don't finish. Yeah, I'm the same way. And at Shake Shack and In-N-Out, I always finish my food. Yeah. Well, because their portions are good. Like, I get the grilled cheese from Shake Shack, and it's, like, a perfect – or the shroom burger. They're both, like, perfect portions. And, like, you're not, yeah. like, stuffed. You can have some fries. Have your little shake. Like, it's good. I love the cheese fries at Shake Shack. Okay. That was good. Good talk. That was food. That mm-hmm. was food. As usual, our food conversation. So let's dive into actual news. Um, there's a lot of – news coming out now about because we're getting closer to the beginning of the season and like actual like games being played we're getting a lot of news about the covid protocols that are going to be in place for the the nhl for the phf will will vax be required in arenas will players be vaccinated how many of them will be vaccinated yada 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 (laughs) and so today as part of the media day thing um, that we mentioned earlier that the players are at. Bill Daly, uh, the assistant commissioner, is also there. And he reported that he believes 98% of the NHL is going to be vaccinated. 
going into this season that about 10 to 15 players only will not be vaccinated. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little shocked at that number. Me too. Very. I thought it would be much lower. I did too. Yeah. Um, Just considering the percentage of the league that are known to be very uh, conservative right wing. Um, Those are people that tend to be unvaccinated. Uh, we've even seen like COVID deniers among regular, uh, like active NHL players and former NHL players. Yeah. So I was just a little surprised to see that the, I think honestly, it was the, the policies that the NHL put in place that s- basically scared them into getting the vaccine because yeah. the, the punishments, I don't think we talked about it. The punishments for being unvaccinated this season are going to be no joke. Yeah, um, I had seen that. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, like, if you, if you um, get sick and you're unvaccinated, like, you're not paid the yep. whole, the whole yeah. time that you're out. So I, I think that was probably a big, a big yes. selling. I guess call it a selling point. I guess for for the players that were maybe on the fence. Yeah, yeah. To, and, to be and, like, and I need money. On top of that, if you miss any team activity because you're unvaccinated, so if you can't go to a certain road trip because. To get to Canada, you have to be vaccinated. So an, un- so an unvaccinated player would miss an entire road trip to Canada. So in that instance, for like every game they miss, they get suspended or something. That's like insane. So I'm, I was shocked in the first place that the league, that the PA and the league were able to come to an agreement on those very, very strict rules. But then in addition to that, the fact that it, I, I mean, that's, this is my, inference this isn't the truth so don't take my words as gospel but my inference is that those rules scared some of these players on the fence enough to actually get the shot um so good i mean good on the nhl good on the players i'm like i'm pleasantly surprised i'm not mad about it obviously yeah i mean i'm vaccinated but yeah yeah, i was this was just an, an interesting revelation yeah i was pleasantly surprised as well i think that a lot of times we sort of expect to be disappointed by the NHL or NHL players um, just because of history. Um, And especially in a situation like this, because I don't want to like make generalizations. um, And I think that you guys will be able to like know what I mean. But a lot of times I think I found that the people who not are hesitant to get the vaccine because I, I understand like wanting to like feel it out or whatever, but the people who are just so vehemently against it, um, have a lot of the same political beliefs as a lot of the NHL players. Um, so I think that like knowing that a lot of the NHL players um, were in favor of the chair company or were supporting certain uh, politicians or political beliefs, I just right off the bat was like, oh no, like they're not going to want to get vaccinated. Like we're going to start seeing like how we saw players post stuff about like um, – like the 2016 election, like I was scared that we were going to start seeing like players posting like anti-vax stuff. Like I, I was very nervous. Um, so this was definitely a pleasant surprise. And I agree with you, Sam. I think that once they saw these punishments get rolled out, they were like, like that was like the oh shit moment. Like we got to get this done. And I, um, I also think that um, it's like you said, it's good on the NHL because at this point, if we want things like this to happen, like if we want 
hockey games to happen and other things like if we want concerts to happen parties to happen large gatherings to happen like we're just everybody's gonna have to get vaccinated if we want these things to continue happening and i think that the nhl if they haven't realized it recently um they've definitely buckled down on it recently at least and i've seen um like the kraken in particular i saw you're gonna have to be vaccinated to attend games there um which i think is a great move um, just to keep everyone safe. And I, I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that just to keep everyone yeah. safe and to ensure that the season happens. Because I know that the last thing the NHL wants this season is for there to be an outbreak and for everything to get shut down in November. So all in yeah. all, I think it's a really smart move. And I don't know if we had the hurricanes down to talk about, but can we talk about the hurricanes? Because hurricanes being hundred percent vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that to be the brought comments up. About, the comments about Tony D'Angelo actually were like killing me. They were so funny. They're so like, funny. uh, they're like, oh, so they got him with a blow dart then, huh? Like, <laughs> or like some people were like, wow, I can't believe Tony was already cut from the hurricanes. I'm like, that, that was my favorite. <laughs> or someone um, was like, oh, it's a, a loophole because he's he's in the AHL, so he yeah. doesn't count yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that brought the point about vaccines like going to games brought me to my next point, which was a lot of teams, including the Kraken, are going to require vax. Um, the Hurricanes haven't started requiring it, haven't announced a requirement yet, but I can't imagine that that won't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with the team 100%, yeah. I mean, with the team being 100% vaccinated and just with the way that their mask mandates were and everything um, prior to. Uh, like the end, their end of their playoff run, like I think that they'll continue along that route. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're waiting for official word from Governor Cooper, um, who's the governor of North Carolina, but I can't imagine them not requiring it. I know Nashville's requiring it. Mm-hmm. The New York teams are requiring it because it's a statewide mandate to I have masks indoors. I was going to say for New, for New York City at least, I know that like you I think have it's a to... statewide? No, it's just statewide. I was going to say for the vaccine for New York City, like if you want to go like anywhere in manhattan like if you want to eat inside a restaurant like you have to be back yeah i know but i was I, I said it was statewide i'm not sure if it's statewide yet or just or city i'm not sure yet but um yeah go on yeah it's not you're right it's it's every any indoor venue it's required so yeah yeah that, that's automatic for um the, the islanders because they're in Queens, so it's the city so mm-hmm. the so the islanders and the rangers are going to have to require it the kraken uh the teams in western canada at least announced it um the flames and the um oh my god the oilers wow uh they're requiring it and it was funny because when the oilers announced that they were requiring it they were one of the first teams to announce it actually uh some boomer dude said like this is it i'm canceling like my season ticket or whatever because you're requiring vax and uh i saw someone say wait so you've been an Oilers fan for how long? And this, this is what you to cancel you. your season ticket? <laughs> exactly. Oh and that, my made me, that made me chuckle. Yeah, really. Like, you think about that with a lot of teams. Like, if the Leafs put in a vaccine mandate and they're like, oh, canceling my Leafs season tickets. Like, that that's what got you? Like, <laughs> not, the not the repeated the- first round exits. <laughs> Not the gestures vaguely. <laughs> Not the, the everything. Like, jeez. Um, but yeah, so I I also think that part of the impetus for the NHL players to get the vaccine is uh, the IOC and the IIHF are requiring it if you want to go to the Olympics. Yes. Um, yeah. And I would think that a lot of players that perhaps would have been on the fence 
realized, hey, I want to I want to play in the Olympics. Let me get that shot. Yeah. Um, which is why I also think the NHL, when you said you don't they don't want to shut down or whatever in November, mm-hmm. you're I mean, obviously, either way, that's completely true. But also with the fact that they're going to have they have to fit in games with an all star break and an Olympic break. Um, yeah. That doesn't leave a lot of room for uh, rescheduling or moving things around. Uh, also, I mean, if we remember the breakout, the outbreaks last year were kind of scary, especially for Vancouver. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm sure they don't want a repeat of that because um, that was just a mess. So kudos to the league. Something we can all f- agree that they did right, which is exciting to see. That's rare. <laughs> um, but... On the flip side, um, we're going to talk about the PHF a little bit more. Um, the there, there was a report from Dan Rice, and I'm not sure if there's been names yet, but he he says that reportedly a lot of at least one player on every team except Boston um, are going to opt out of season seven of the PHF. Did he? Uh, sorry, did he specify? That it was for the vaccine mandate, or we're just assuming that? No, I'm just guessing that. The That's what I was only, thinking. Because the only other thing I could think of would be Olympics, but they would have... I mean, I don't think many national team players are even in the PHF at this moment. At this there point, are a lot yeah. of them, A lot of them are with the PWHPA anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a lot less shady. Like, it wouldn't need to be in, like, this whole, like players are opting out we don't have names or whatever like the the player themselves would probably just come out and say like hey i'm not i want to play in the olympics i'm not paying in the playing in the phf because i'm trying to make the olympic team um so i that's why my brain went to covid protocols and Mm. requiring vaccine um Mm. again this might not be true but i find it interesting that it's being kept like i said a little like vague a little under lock and key of like we these players are opting out but we don't know who they are um so i I, like like i said if it is because of the covid protocol i'm wondering if they don't want the names out because then they're gonna get like online for it and all that kind of stuff so i'm intrigued i mean i feel like that's how it's going to be when we figure out the 10 to 15 nhl players that don't have the vaccine when they miss a road trip or whatever Mm. um but it's. I mean, I just. I. I don't understand what's keeping people from getting the vaccine, but that this isn't the time or place for that conversation. <laughs> um, but I just found that that tweet fascinating because, uh, that's kind of what I expected from the NHL. Yeah. Or at yeah. least, or at least more of the NHL players to not be vaccinated and say, "Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll accept the punishment." Yeah, um, I kind of thought it would be flipped. Yeah. Like hearing that from the, um, I almost said NWHL. Hearing that from the PHF um, is is definitely it's it's hard to get used to saying it. It's definitely surprising, um, especially because, I mean, I was gonna say this league has been generally pretty progressive, but I feel like a lot of that kind of got, I don't want to say erased and invalidate um, what they built over the past however many years, but I think that a lot of that was kind of erased last year um, with the chair company um, stuff, with nobody really uh, stepping up for Soraya Tinker, um, just with with the general uh, Black Lives Matter performative kind of energy. Um, I think that that did set them back at least a little bit. 
Um, I think that maybe they thought that the name change would help them, and it hasn't really. Um, and so this is just, I, I don't even know if I want to say I'm shocked, because I'm kind of like, yeah, let's just add it to the list of weird and bad things that has happened with this league in the past year. Like, just just add it. Like it's, And it's disappointing, right? Because like I said, you, you want to think of this league as this sort of progressive place with these people who like really believe in their mission and really care about playing and like putting their money where their mouth is. Um, so it's it's definitely disappointing. But I'm, I'm also wondering, and I, I want your guys' opinion on this, I'm wondering if it'll become obvious which players opted out. Like I'm wondering if like, we're going to get to opening night and there are going to be players like glaringly obvious missing or if we're going to yeah. see some like come out and tweet about it. I don't really know how that's going to be handled. I mean, it'll be yeah. interesting to watch, but. I wonder if the league is going to make an official statement of like, here's a list of players that opted out of season seven and then maybe not give the reason, but maybe based on the names we can deduce yeah. deduce the reason or those players will then after it's official they'll tweet like instead of why i joined the athletic why i opted out of season seven <laughs> um, why i left buzzfeed <laughs> why i left buzzfeed um yeah so, it yeah ooh, i forgot what i was gonna say i'm gonna get it back oh got it back um it reminds <laughs> me it, it was right there it sort of reminds me too of in past seasons players have joined the then NWHL in the middle of the season. Like, I remember when Ashley Johnston, she announced her retirement, and then she kind of just came back to the Riveters, like, the season after, and she was like, surprise, I want to play more. Um, and I think it was originally just for an outdoor game, and then she ended up, like, playing the rest of the season. Um, so I'm wondering if they're going to let, like, opted-out players come in if they get vaccinated i i wonder if there's going to be a statement about that like if you're not vaccinated by this date you can't participate in the i almost said ihf yeah. pa uh phf season the humana, humana. Uh, the humana, humana. um yeah so i'm i'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of this is the cutoff date because they've had players join in the they had players join the middle of the season last year in the bubble which probably didn't help um because i was already a mess but yeah, that's just my thinking is that players have joined in the middle of the season yeah. in the past. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a different protocol for that now that we have this opt-out yeah. potential vaccine kind of vibe. Yeah, and and I don't I mean I'm not, I don't want to compare it to the NHL, but I know that the NHL is a lot of like stricter with the opt-out where if you opt out, mm. you cannot play. You can't you play can't, exactly. And you can't yeah. play in the Olympics. So once you like make that decision, it's like this is my final answer. Who wants to be a millionaire yeah. type thing. But with the PHF and like you've said, people have joined in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if there's going to be a, that is a, in fa uh, like a really good point about the cutoff date. Mm. Um, I would think there should be one, but yeah. who knows? Um, and again, that might not be the reason that, that these players are opting out. We're just kind of trying to make like inferences based on the current climate of the world and based on what could be the reason for these women to possibly opt out of the season in this like in this way that has hasn't been formally announced and might not be formally announced mm -hmm. like like I was saying if it was for the Olympics or something else it doesn't it seems silly to be like silent about that mm -hmm. so we'll just have to see but I, I thought that tweet from Dan Rice was 
an interesting bit of of news there um, for sure um yeah i was gonna say oh yeah so like in the past when players have like been against things that the nwhl did like i remember i remember when the pwhpa formed um they were public about it and you still see players being public about that like the whole for the game movement a couple years ago like you still see players talking about like we want a higher salary we want healthcare, like etc etc so i think that also adds to it probably not having to do with like league protocols or having to do with the olympics because i feel like if they had like I'm going to say valid complaint just for the sake of language. Um, that's not to say that like any of these reasons were valid or weren't valid in the past, but like, I feel like if they thought that they had like ground to stand on, they would have said something by now. Um, the players that is. So I am, I'm definitely leaning towards it being vaccine related, but we'll see. I hope this season is less eventful than last one. Oh, for sure. And we'll find out. We'll, we'll, well, stay tuned, everyone. We'll find yeah. out. Um, exactly. And then one more PHF thing. Um, our good friend DF, Pen- I want to say it's Pendries. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. So they uh, did a thread because uh, the commissioner of the PHF went on lo- one of the Locked On podcasts. I believe it was Locked On Kraken. Mm-hmm. And this is a thread about what she said. Apparently the commission, so this is uh, DF Pendries thread they said in summary the commissioner said that by the time the league had found out about the digit murphy situation digit murphy was dissociating herself despite the fact that we were tagging the league immediately and demanding a response in the first few days uh they continue and say the commissioner then said ownership quote took over suggesting ownership was running the six and not murphy was that temporary who's in charge now murphy was put forward as the face of the organization when the inclusion initiative was unveiled by that pr firm recently the infamous we're the only team in the world that has ever cared about inclusion quote yeah um the commissioner put forward that quote education was the solution to the issue but did not address how many times how many fans were hurt by murphy's continued lack of apology or how commissioners own avoidance of the issue along with murphy's gave off the impression management just doesn't care uh, these are the commissioner's first public comments on the issue, and it's September after the league did not issue comments on Murphy despite getting repeated requests over the summer. But education is all that is being offered. Um, so that was in direct. So I guess you could like find out exactly what the commissioner said on this episode of Locked on Kraken. But this was a summary, basically. And it just irritates. It just keeps irritating me even more and more like the way that they've gone about all of this is just so botched and they keep when i think it can't get worse they just keep digging themselves further into this hole yeah i don't i don't know how like just stop yeah you you really hit the nail on the head and i feel like every time we talk about this i feel like we're beating it into the ground but it, it they do just keep digging themselves deeper and there's like not much else to say about it um the claim that she was already trying to uh, stop associating herself with this organization. It's like, okay, then say something. You know, I understand it's not that easy um, with PR and everything, but they definitely could have said she was previously part of this organization and now she's not. Um, so that's definitely interesting. Um, and the implication that, like, the league is running the six was also very interesting. Yeah. don't know what that is. So just more chaos, I guess. Yeah, and... <laughs> Like I said, like, then they tout her as the face of the organization and right. this whole new inclusion thing being like, we're the first team ever to, like, care about other people. Like, 
it just like I said, it's just like one bad move after another. Like I feel like they just need to take a moment. Like when they didn't come out with a statement at first in the summer, that should have been their time to like take a breather mm-hmm. and really assess the situation and come up with an actual solution instead of whatever this has been. And when they come out in September, instead of just going in these weird circles and trying to come up with excuses, just say, hey, we didn't say anything in the summer because we were trying to assess the situation and we were trying to do what was best for the six, for our fan base who were obviously upset, for the the community that, that was offended by what, but by Murphy's actions, that to me would be so much more valuable because even though they didn't say anything in this, you can't go back in time. They didn't say anything over the summer, Mm -hmm. but instead all they've tried to do is like deflect and save face and, and, and just go basically do everything they can to avoid the main problem. And we've talked about that before with, you know, not changing any league policies and not doing all these actual things that would count as effective change. Um, I just wish that the summer could have been for them like a real reflection period and like a time to hunker down and like really figure out like the root of the problem and fix it instead of these weird PR circles they've been running in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, the, I think what DF had said in their thread about like, there's been no offer of action, just an offer of like education quote unquote is very interesting because I feel like we see that a lot, like even at my school at Quinnipiac, um, slightly different, but it just reminded me of it. If you get caught with alcohol in your room, um, one of the like consequences for that. So obviously like they take your card number, like you get fined, like whatever it is. But one of the things is a alcohol education module. And you have to, like, read a bunch of articles about why drinking is bad. And I guess by that logic, they think that, like, kids, like, won't drink. I don't know. But it just, it reminded me of that because it's, like, if they're saying, oh, yeah, like, Digit's being educated. Like, what are they doing? Like, are they holding her down and, like, forcing her to read articles about trans people? And then being, like, okay, you're educated. Like, go off into the world now. Like, it, it just reads as very performative. And... It it reminds me of, like, in April or May when they were, like, we're going to have a podcast conversation with Digit about this. Like, it's not a conversation. It's... It also shouldn't be just with Digit. Like, have it with with a trans person. Agreed. 100%. I think we even said that at the time Mm -hmm. when when the podcast episode came out about how... If it it was going to be with Digit at all, there should have been the other side of the conversation along with Digit. Because if we're going to talk about education, fine, then help her get educated. Mm -hmm. Have her speak to a trans person. It's not the trans person's job to educate her, but in the sense of, like, telling her to her face, this is why what you did was offensive. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. criticizing her actions to her face, but in a, from the from the face of someone who actually was affected, not exactly, from, not from you know someone who works for your team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you can only talk at someone for so long, and that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they're just like bad digit, don't do that. Like, and I don't know if she even really knows what she's doing that is bad, which is scary to think about. 
Um, yeah. But like I said, I think we all feel like every time we talk about this, we're just kind of running it into the ground. But that's exactly what the um, PHF is doing. They're just digging yeah. this hole deeper and deeper. It's funny because like we think we stopped talking about it. We're like, okay, it's done. We put it to bed. Like we said all we need to say about it. And then they do something to bring it back up. Yeah. And I know that they want it to go away. It's never going to go away. But like I said, if it, and we have been we have been saying if you do something that's actual like effective like change, then it'll go away and it'll actually go away. <laughs> like we will stop talking about it because we'll feel like you actually did something that uh, like please that gives us closure and pleases us mm-hmm. um, as fans, as people who care about the sport and the community, like the fan community. So. Uh, it's just a mess. And I mean, season seven is definitely going to be interesting with these opt outs, the Olympics with all the stuff going on. But yeah. I just hope it like you said, Jen, that it's less eventful <laughs> and that this is just another year of just growth for the league and for women's hockey. Um, we can do one more uh, like controversial topic, I guess, or one more <laughs> like newsworthy topic. Um, yeah, that. Because we never addressed this, I don't think, on the podcast. I don't remember us ever talking about it. Um, but Evander Kane did a sit-down interview with ESPN's Linda Cohn, who I love Linda Cohn. She's As do a, I. a wonderful woman. Um, she did, he did an interview with Linda Cohn on ESPN um, on SportsCenter this afternoon about the allegations of him betting on his own games. Yeah. Um, so those who aren't aware, it happened over the summer – um Patrick uh Patrick and Evander Kane is going through a divorce <laughs> right now and his soon to be ex-wife um posted a whole lot of receipts and information basically claiming that Evander has a very very bad gambling problem which I think we all kind of suspected or knew about cuz he yeah. filed for bankruptcy and all that other stuff um but then insinuated that his gambling was so bad that it was putting her life and their children's life in danger. They have a daughter and another child on the way. Um, and he basically left them with no place to live, nowhere to go. And that how, she basically asked, why is he allowed to still play in the NHL if he's betting on his own games and that he may have potentially thrown games to help win bets. Um, part of Evander's initial defense was that this is his soon to be ex-wife. She hates him. She wants to take him down, which is usually the some form of excuse that a man comes up with when a woman accuses them of something. They right. want to ruin my life. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then he said that, how could I have bet on my own games and thrown games when I had a career season? And then you look at his giveaway numbers and he has by far the highest giveaway numbers <laughs> in the league last year. So, all right. Um, and people came to his defense. Robin Leonard came to his defense, which started a whole mess on Twitter. Um, basically saying like, I was teammates with him and I saw him gamble, but he never bet on a hockey game, but they were teammates in Buffalo. And that was however many years ago. So, um, the whole thing is just a mess. Um, so now Evander wants to say his piece. Uh, I believe the NHL is still investigating it, um, right now, but I'll just read some of the quotes that he said. Because to me, it would, this was textbook. Like, I could have figured out what, what he said, but I wanted the 
you know, the words. Yeah. Um, he said, this is him. He said, obviously, the accusations are incredibly false. It's unfortunate that transpired. And it's unfortunate that those false allegations were made. I understood the magnitude of them immediately. I know they're not true. I know none of what she was saying was true. I was very confident, comfortable with knowing I was going to be exonerated and I'm going to be exonerated of those allegations. So that was one part. Um, he does admit that he gambles, which, um, duh. Um, and he said, when you have a problem, sometimes you can't control your decision making at that time. I think that was an example of my problem getting the better of me. I had a gambling problem. When you have a gambling problem, just like a drinking problem or a drug problem, sometimes you can't control your actions. Um, and he blames the, it on the fact that he's competitive because whenever he got a big win in a bet, he would just get the adrenaline rush because he's a competitive guy. Um, and he understands that he has to, like, overcome his, uh, addiction. Um, and so he doesn't, uh, believe that there's, because there's been reports that there's friction in this, in the Sharks locker room because of his gambling and because of the way he behaves and that some teammates aren't comfortable, um, with him in the locker room and that he might get traded. And so he said, I've heard rumors about me being traded. Well, I have a no trade list that they can only trade me to, and I haven't been asked for it. So I'm not getting traded and I would know about it first. Um, and I forgot about this part that he was accused of assault twice while playing for the Sabres in 2016. A woman said she suffered serious, permanent and painful personal injuries after an encounter with Kane in a hotel room. No cl criminal complaint was filed, but police investigated him and he wasn't charged. And then again, that same year, multiple women said he grabbed they that he grabbed them at a Buffalo area nightclub. And he was accused of having an altercation with the club's bouncer. He was charged with trespassing and separate non-criminal violations of disorderly conduct. And the ch charges were dropped out of because he plea bargained as long as he stayed out of trouble for six months. Yeah. Um, um. But the last thing yeah. I want to, the last thing, well, there's two last things I want to say about that. This, yeah. this, this article doesn't mention, um, this is by Greg Wyshynski, uh, on, on ESPN. It doesn't, uh, it was a recap of the, the sports center interview. He brings up the former assault allegations, but I find it interesting that he didn't bring up the report that he was sued by a woman who he was having an affair with that he paid to have multiple abortions. Um, yeah. That wasn't mentioned here, so I think that's pertinent to say. Um, also, at the end, this was what got me. This is the end. He says, I'm in a white sport, and I'm a black player. I have a big personality that maybe sometimes rubs people the wrong way, but it's not meant to. I think, unfortunately, a lot of the issues I've had and the allegations that have been made about me are just completely not true. I'm looking. I'm not looking for people to feel sorry for me. That's the last thing I need. I'm not looking for people to feel bad for me. I'm just asking to be treated fairly and judged accordingly. So... To me, that reads like he's blaming it on everyone hating him because he's black. Yeah, that that's, that's how I interpreted it. Which yeah, that was a, a, a kind of a I don't know if I want to say a weird way to it was go like about a weird it. Throwing sentence, but, like he just yeah, goes, "I'm black in a white sport, and uh, everyone is out to get me." Like yeah, it, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of how um, my my friends and I will joke like if I'm like can you go grab my water bottle? And a guy friend is like, no, I'll be like, you hate women, like as a joke. Um, but I'm very funny. But I think that Evander Kane is genuinely like, you don't like me, you're racist. Like, that's what it feels like. I and just, I mean, listen. Look like, at all the other things he's done for someone to not like him. 
we and, and I'm not I don't want to I don't want to like say that there's no truth to like people being treated differently because they're black in the NHL because oh, 100%. It, it, it happens I don't want I want to make that very clear for people listening we're not like we're not saying like we're not poo-pooing the thing that Evander Kane is saying we're not trying to discredit the thing that Evander Kane is saying because it like there isn't racism in the NHL it's just there's the racism that it in came the out NHL. of his mouth it's just the problem. That him using this as it basically to me like you have this track record of behavior and what does your wife have to gain from saying, cause like everyone knows you have a gambling problem, right? So what does she have to gain from adding in the fact that you bet on your own games? Like yeah. you're, she's divorcing you. She wants your money. If you get bought out or whatever you lo- like, that's less money. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why the immediate, his, the two immediate things he jumps to, which are two of the most like stereotypical excuses in the world are, she hates me. She wants to ruin my career. It's so she's making up things about me. And then everyone hates me because I'm black. Yeah. Because we've seen like, we've seen, obviously we know like PK Subban, he gets called toxic and a problem. And we know that that part of that is attributed to the fact that he's African-American. Oh, he's African. He's black. But like, he's not African-American, he's Canadian. Um, He's black. But, and like, we know Akeem Alou's story. And we know JT Brown's story. And we know, I mean, Ryan Reeves. We all, like, these are all players. But they are loved by their communities. Of They're course. loved by fans. I mean, Matt Dumba uh, it has almost- all these examples. It's, it's, those guys have overcame racism in the NHL and in hockey. Wayne Simmons also is another example, but none of them have this personal behavior record. None of them have assaulted women. None none of them have, from what we know, basically left his pregnant wife and child for themselves. It almost scares me, and it almost reads as a little dangerous that he said that, because I feel like, um, obviously we can read it and kind of be like, I call BS, but... If if he can normalize that and people will think that they can't criticize people because of their actions, because of their race or because of the league or place that they work in, like that's extremely dangerous. And for him to insinuate that he's exempt from criticism for his actions because of the color of his skin, the league that he works in. It's just so, I don't even want to say disappointing because I don't know what I expected. Um, I think the fact that he was even, and I'm, I'm, this has nothing to do with Linda Cohn. I've, I said before, I think she's great. Um, and when your job is to interview people, that's what you do. But the fact that he was even given this interview like annoyed me. I was like, I kind of don't care about hearing what he has to say at this point. Um, and I knew it would just kind of be him doing damage control. And I had seen before we had even talked about the content of the interview, I had seen someone saying like they completely dodged everything about his wife. Like they really just talked about his gambling and like, yeah, makes sense. Um, so in conclusion from me, the fact that he was even given the interview is ridiculous. What he said in the interview is ridiculous. Um, I would really love if he didn't play in the NHL anymore. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I would feel better personally. 
I wanna I wanna read because I really wanna make this clear. Like this is why like we think like the like the rate pulling this race excuse is like bullshit. Yeah. I wanna read some of the um article about this lawsuit that he allegedly paid a woman to have multiple abortions because I think this is this is why when you know his ex what his soon-to-be ex-wife is coming out with these with these reports of the things he's doing this is why i'm inclined to believe her mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this so uh, apparently the the information information came out about how much he was paying these women in his bankruptcy documents as well so apparently according to bankruptcy court documents uh this woman uh, her last name's parker hope parker she allegedly aborted two fetuses conceived with Cain in the past. He paid her 125000 for the second abortion, but he was going to pay her $2 million for the third one, and then after she provided him proof that she did it, he didn't pay her. Insane. Um, so it says... Okay. Um, Plaintiff Parker was unwilling to terminate the, the third pregnancy until defendant Cain offered her 2 to $3 million to do so. Then on June 13th, 2018, so this was 2018, this wasn't that long ago, yeah. the plaintiff, Parker, sent Kane a text message of her lab results, which she, which confirmed she had terminated the third pregnancy. When Parker requested Kane update her on the status of her payment, Kane, for the first time, told her he was not going to pay her, stating, I'll have my lawyer contact you. I'm not dealing with this any further then. Great. And then it says, I can infer from the complaint that Parker falsely said, uh, that, uh, Parker false that the plaintiff falsely said he would pay to abort the third pregnancy and that he did so to deceive her into actually undergoing the abortion. Well, yeah, that's that. Um, Just well, that and then wasting all of your money on bookies and filing for bankruptcy and you leaving your wife and child. um, I'm sorry if I don't believe you when you say that everyone's out to destroy you when you're you seem like you're doing a pretty good job of it yourself yeah really like you don't need our help i mean yeah there's yeah just yeah i I don't don't have words to add like it's not i'm sorry like it's not i mean i'm i'm sure growing up maybe like he there were kids that were mean to him like that were racist to him and i'm not like taking away from that but in this specific instance right now it's just because he's a bad person. Yeah, that's about it. He's a bad it. person. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that he was even on SportsCenter. I had no idea this was even happening. This seems a little under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to see uh, how the investigation goes. Because he said that he is exonerated, but I don't think the NHL finished their investigation into I don't all his so. dealings. Yeah, I think that's more of a he believes he. I think he, he said, is. I am exonerated and will be exonerated. So that's. Okay. Also, I read somewhere that they were, like, calling him an NHL superstar promoting the interview, which, what's your definition <laughs> of NHL superstar? And let's examine why it includes Evander Kane. Let's let's unpack that, because... ESPN, ESPN off to a great start with hockey, I can see. Yeah, really, with NHL legend Evander Kane. I can't. Sorry to interrupt, that just... Yeah, the I, I closed I closed Wyshynski's article, but it said something about like his stats with like with the Sabers, and I was like, cool. Yeah, the original <laughs> the original tweet is I sat down with at NHL superstar at Evander Kane, NHL superstar noted NHL superstar. 
Evander Kane. And yeah, this is so tricky to talk about, right? Because I feel like criticizing him for what he's done makes it seem like we're criticizing like his addiction, which I also want to make it clear that we're not doing that because I feel like um, that could get misconstrued because addiction is, is something serious that needs to be taken seriously. And his gambling addiction has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he assaulted women and also did all of this to his soon-to-be ex-wife i'm getting so sad talking about this yeah and I, you, but that but that makes a good point jen because because like just as much as we don't we don't want it you know it to sound like we're denying the like racism in the nhl we also i the impact of mental health like it can't be denied i think that's why robin leonard jumped to evander kane's defense because addiction is a serious problem mm-hmm. and robin leonard has had substance abuse issues um in the past and he overcame them and he's like learned about his bipolar disorder and things like that so i think i understand why he wants to come to evander's defense in the sense of mm-hmm. don't tear someone down when they're sick and i agree but i also think that part of i mean he says he owns up to his problem but then he's not i mean his Ex, soon-to-be ex-wife is reaching out on social media because he's not doing anything to to help make the divorce proceedings go and to take care of his child and unborn child um yeah i yeah. I, I think it also not to cut you off i think it no, like sparks this conversation about like accountability in terms of mental health and addiction because yeah. you can say that you're doing things as an effect of a mental health condition or as an effect of your addiction but that doesn't mean that you get to lose all accountability for it like I've definitely heard people say oh well I I wasn't sober when I did this or I was this when I did this and I just think it's important to note that those are still your actions like no matter what kind of state you were in and especially in this situation because I could see him very easily saying something like well I was addicted to gambling so I can't be held responsible for any of this and that's not correct yeah that's like that's when people when people who treat someone badly or or you know are mean to someone and then they're like well i'm sorry i'm mentally ill or something Mm. and it's like yeah okay like it sucks like i mean jen and i and i'm we i mean we all deal with mental health struggles um so but i would never be rude to someone or be nasty to someone and then say, well, like, I'm sorry, I have anxiety. Yeah, like, right. It just, it, that's not how it works. So I, I want to say like that we're criticizing Evander Kane's actions and the things that he's done aside from having this gambling addiction. A hundred percent. I mean, I think we all hope he gets help and recovers from his addiction, but at the same time, we want him to take responsibility for his actions and like actually like he like he he seems to own up to it but i don't think he really is owning up to it yeah um and to just stop blaming other outside factors because clearly he has a lot of issues um so yeah that's another storyline that's going to be going on through the season um will he continue to play in san jose will things be tense in san jose will what what will the results of these investigations turn up we don't know so, I mean, the NHL really only stepped in when they found out that Evander was betting, potentially betting on NHL games. NHL not games, yeah. Yeah, not, not for when, not for all the other things that he's allegedly been doing to yeah. his 
to his ex-wife. So, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot to say and a whole lot to not say. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we should. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it because, like you said, Jed, it's like making me sad to think about it. Um, and these are, you know, not the things that we should be have to focus on going into a new season. It's supposed to be a happy time. Um, and there's so many other like more exciting, happy storylines about. So it is interesting that right before the season starts, ESPN's like, let's focus on this. Right. Um, also, yeah, LOL at the NHL superstar thing. Um, so why don't we lighten the mood a little and make fun of the Sabres? Yes. Um, so favorite pastime. Love it. Yes. So the league announced today that the 2022 Heritage Classic will take place on March 13th, and it will be a game between the Sabres and the Leafs at, I believe it's Tim Hortons Stadium in Hamilton, Ontario. It's where the uh, Ham- Hamilton Canadian Football League team plays. Um, yeah, so how badly are they going to lose, guys? <laughs> uh, they're going to get no. obliterated. <laughs> I don't know why this game is even happening. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I don't know. I mean, the rate. I mean, especially by then, they'll probably be already eliminated. Like, why? 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 <laughs> like, I just need to know why. why. Literally, just why? Do you guys have like a like a like? I just don't. Is it, I mean, it's very random, right? Like, it feels in- like they were like Sabres loops yeah. location, like. Yeah. In defense, my one defense is that I know that Buffalo always has one of the highest TV hockey rating, wa- hockey watching ratings. Them and like Pittsburgh are the two places that watch hockey the most or whatever. So that's why they give the Sabres a lot of national games. Mm-hmm. But for my personal enjoyment and for the well-being of my eyes and my brain, um, why? <laughs> why? I mean... Fair, pretty fair and now and i was looking up their their history because they have appeared in two other outdoor games and the fact that both of them went to overtime is honestly somewhat shocking to me and oh, that, the, the, the two winter classics they were in the, the sabers yeah yeah that it somehow surprises me that it was only two to one and three to two but like, <laughs> like they weren't they weren't obliterated in either outdoor games, which almost surprises me. They were decent in the first winter classic when they played Pittsburgh. They were still a pretty decent team. Yeah, and the fact I was gonna say, yeah, uh, to be yeah, to be fair, obviously it, it was in uh two thousand eight was the one was Yeah, the they were still pretty good Pittsburgh. in two thousand eight. So yeah. yes, to be fair, it was a while back. It's still kind of like just thinking of how the Sabres are now. It was just like, Oh yeah, there was a time where like they were not like the laughing stock of the NHL. When, when Jason Pominville was good and they had Danny Briere. Oh, Danny Briere. Love that man. And when they Gosh. had Kushtari. What a time. Back in the um, day. But yeah, so the only thing that makes me happy about it is I get to see Jeff Skinner play in an outdoor game. Yeah, um, that's the only plus. Hopefully the <laughs> uniforms aren't trash. Ooh, um, maybe they'll be nice. I could see them dude, doing like something fun for the Sabres. Did we discuss Minnesota's Winter Classic uniform? I don't know if we did. I don't That's think we did. Jersey? It's hideous. The uniform's it's a, hideous. It's yeah. a jersey. It exists. The, the jersey has elbow pads. Elbow patches. It has, it's like you Professor Chic. Yeah. 
it's like Minnesota was like, how much can we put on a jersey? And then yeah, how much can we? We're just like here. This is everything we can think of. Let's put everything we can think of on the jersey, and then put the ugliest brown tan hockey pants and gloves. Have you seen it, Jen? Yeah, it's um, it's. You know, I'm gonna pick on something else about it. Okay. Um, just as we as we close out our little episode, here's my thing. Why does it say? I'm um, now. This is gonna make me sense you, but I know that MPLS is Minneapolis. Yeah. But, but why does it say that? And then why does it say St. Paul? And then why? So, and then why so, is the state in the end? <laughs> so Minneapolis and St. Paul are the twin cities. They are extremely close to each other. So they play in St. Paul, but they have a lot of fans in Minneapolis and Target and Target, Field, and Target Field and Target Field is in Minneapolis where the game is being played. And so they wanted to pay tribute to the entire area of the Twin Cities. And I understand that part. That's not what bothers. No, me. the concept is fine. The execution was not like that'd be like if the Rangers were like Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Long Island. I kind of like- wish I kind of wish they put the state on it and then did like some kind of like indicator showing where the minneapolis and st paul are yeah i wouldn't mind if the state outline was just a little bit bigger because that text just looks atrocious like i know yeah it's just and i really like the blues ones yes i I love the blues blues ones ones. i will they remind me of the nhl of of, of the nhls of the rangers winter classic ones in 2012 yeah and i liked those a lot like the cream with the cream color and the vintage looking logo and all that kind of stuff like i love cream jerseys just in general Cream, cream is nice. I don't like white. They're see-through. Yeah. Yes, I, w- I will be one day getting that jersey. That's fair. <laughs> and we valid. You should live that truth. That's valid. It's to me. I mean, it's it's to pay. Um, it's basically like honoring their like. Uh, I want to say the jerseys when they first came into the league. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but to me, general. it's literally the white version of the baby blue jerseys, which I also love. So immediately, I saw the jerseys and I was like, yes, we'll have one yeah, in my yes. possession. I love that. I love that for you. I really do. I really do. Um, but at least that game should be ent- entertaining. Mm-hmm. God, I, I hope so. Um, oh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, I completely didn't even mention it when I like was talking to you guys. Uh, Turner has their full slate. Woo. For $1, name a woman. For $1, name a woman, yes. So- they can't. They don't get the dollar. Disclosure, I do work for Turner. I have a job at Bleacher Report, so i that's my disclosure. That's my little disclosure time. Um, but for those who didn't see, here is the TNT, NHL and TNT lineup. Uh, in the studio, analysts Wayne Gretzky, Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, and Paul Bissonette. Uh, host Liam McHugh, so they sniped Liam from NBC. Um, In-game... Play-by-play is going to be Kenny Albert and Brendan Burke. Brendan Burke is also the local play-by-play broadcaster for the Islanders. Ice level, so like between the benches, is going to be Keith Jones. Analysts, so color, are going to be Eddie Olchek and Darren Pang. And contributors are going to be Jennifer Botterill, so there's a a woman, Tarek Al-Bashir, and Jackie Redmond. So there's two women. For a dollar, name a woman. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of those names are exciting. Like, obviously, if you're the goal of NHL on TNT is to get people who don't necessarily like hockey or already watch hockey to watch, right? So the fact that, like, Wayne Gretzky, like, that's a big name, like, if you just are familiar with North American sports. And, like, even yeah. if you've never watched sports before in your life, like, you just know the name Wayne Gretzky, I think. So I think that's, like, a cool little thing. Um, but aside from that, it, it's... Oh, um, and then one other person that I didn't mention is that Nasher, uh, the influ- the I will say influencer, the create content creator, the YouTuber, yeah. however you want to identify creator. him. Yeah, yeah, he uh, is joining Bleacher uh, on our side of things, uh, the digital content side of things. So welcome, Nasher. Um, that's gonna be an interest. It's gonna be really fun to like see the content that he can make, and like I- I'm sure he'll probably end up in the studio. On, a, on an occasion or two. Um, Battle of the NHL social media YouTuber influencers, Josh Richards versus this guy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wanted to just bring it up because we talked about ESPN's slate mm. of um, yeah. analysts and, and all that. And yes, ESPN does have Turner beat in the uh, amount of women on their team. But, but I, we're not thrilled with them anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, my, my other defense is that as a minority partner in the in this whole broadcast thing, because ESPN has more games than us, mm-hmm. um, and they get the Stanley Cup and we don't. Yeah, um, that uh, the team was always going to be smaller than ESPN's. Mm-hmm. I think ES- the benefit of ESPN having that large of a team is that they could bring on so many women. I yeah. think if they were limited to as small a size as TNT, this is just how sports media works. That they would have had less women on their team yeah yeah um so that's my one defense of it how uh, however it is still disappointing um and then my other thing about it is paul bissonette i thought was very interesting because yeah. then you have yeah. like i think that's where they come in with like we want to be looking at like the future of the sport and like talking about the sport in a hip modern way and biz can do that i just hope that he does take on a slightly more professional tone than his yeah. than um than uh on chicklets but i think he will yeah he would, well he almost kind of i would almost think he kind of has to in a yeah. way in a way but that'll be I, I think that's gonna be one of the most interesting i think when i was looking just because looking at comments on twitter are, are always a fun always a fun time right and i think that was one of the things i i saw a lot what was about bissonette um and, and kind of his addition so i think i think out of all the people that's gonna be that is gonna be one of the more interesting things to do just because I think there is a large majority of people who are just like tired of him. Mm-hmm. But that was from the Paul Miss the Net commercials that <laughs> yeah played every two seconds. Yeah. I think so, it's I think it's I just think the, that'll be Yeah. I think it's just the lack of players that are I mean I feel like a lot of hockey players when they retire they just like go off and like live their life and like, and, like have, do whatever. Like, yeah. Raise their kids yeah. and, like whatever. Or they join like their former organization. There's a lot yeah. The amount of former players that are notable and have a personality and want to be on TV are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking about doing an, a studio show, they have to live in Atlanta mm. um, or at that's least true. be able to spend a majority of their time in Atlanta because that's where the studio is. Right. So there's challenges. There's roadblocks, obviously, when trying to make a team who will do all those things. Um but I think it's a it's a strong squad. I'm excited for Jackie and Jennifer um, to be on the squad. 
And um, Bleacher is going to launch a hockey brand called BR Open Ice. And it's not going to be just NHL. This is my little inside tip. It's not going to be just NHL. It's going to be all NHL. Um, and it'll, I mean, it will be all hockey and it'll be, uh, launching soon. So stay tuned for that. I won't leak the date, but stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really cool. I think like to have bleacher, I talked about this before and like, I'm biased cause I work there, but to have bleacher in the hockey world, I think will be really fun. Um, considering what they've done with the NBA. Yeah. And that's that. Unless we have anything else to add. I want to say I want I want to end this on a fun on a funny little funny Please. note. Going Please. back to to the Nathan McKinnon stuff, we can we can wrap it all up in a I like it. with McKinnon cuz this this was uh, you know following the whole in and out thing is it said he was also asked about his favorite meme from from everything and he and he was very vague. He said he laughed and said his favorite was one about sugar. This is from um, Ryan S. Clark um, on Twitter. And someone was like, them. it's this one. It's got to be I this one. I lost them. They're gone. And the tweet that they are referring to is from at oh. best NHL ref. Yeah. Says Nathan McKinnon walks I in on his them. teammates doing cocaine. That better not be sugar. <laughs> and that to me feels like just the best way to end this. Yeah. That's, um, Yeah. That's about it. Oh, hi. Um, okay, well, you can continue and we'll wait for Jen. <laughs> so, um, Nathan McKinnon's yeah, I mean, favorite meme. Yeah, that's that's almost like, just like, it's gotta be that one. And I'm like, I pray that it's that one. Uh, I, I don't think it picked up which one it was. Say it again. Oh, um, let me go. Let me, let me. Oh, it was one about, that. like, sugar, right? Well, and yeah, because so, at, at best NHL ref. Nathan yes. McKinnon walks in on his teammates doing cocaine. Oh yeah, that, that better not be. That sugar. better not be sugar. <laughs> yeah, that was so Just, funny. And, yep. And I don't know if that's the one he was referring to, but that's the one that everyone I thinks they were referring to. One. He was referring to, which I think is hilarious. That she would died. be perfect. Um, so unfortunately we lost Jen, but I, I mean, I'm just gonna tell her in our little group chat that we're wrapping up anyway. Um. I don't want to end it without um, uh, her. But I I'm sorry bad. for the technical difficulties, guys. She, I might have, like, dropped went. connection for a minute. Um, but you guys won't hear my my little si- my little silent, like, oh, no, I lost everyone, because that's the magic of editing, baby. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm sorry, again, for the technical difficulties, but it wouldn't be a week with us without any chaos. Um so if you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to follow on whatever service you're listening to us on right now. And you can follow us on Twitter at Beauties Pod. Um, we've been posting fun little memes about the episodes and everything. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. And uh, we'll t- catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.